Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Alan Montesilio, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Latinos make up a huge part of the voting public in California, and over the past 20 years or so, more and more have voted for Democrats. And now the recall election is here, and millions of Latino voters across the state are deciding whether to vote yes or no on recalling Governor Gavin Newsom from office. If you ask Latinos what their major issues are, they're California issues. Jobs and the economy, state of education, the environment, healthcare. Today, we hear from two Latino families in California about the recall. We found two families from both sides of the political spectrum to hear the reactions to the campaign and messages for and against the recall election. Maria Peña is a producer for KQED in Espanol. She and her colleague, Lina Blanco, spent some time looking for Latino voters to speak with about their responses to Spanish language campaign messaging for the recall election. The first family, the Avila family, they live in Odesto. The daughter, Debbie Avila, she's the uh, manager of community engagement with the Girl Scouts of Central California in Modesto. I have a lot of pride of my family, of, of my dad and the hard labor that he's done in the fields, and even my mom who's sitting next to me. And, um, and the work of uh, mi gente. Debbie uh, identifies as, as Republican, but she did say that she's not a Trumper. She votes, according to the person, to the policies they propose and support and how those policies will affect the community, especially the Latino community. She says, mi gente, our people. Her brother, Obed, also identifies as Republican, who is a business owner. He's a general contractor. I've been into the Section 8 housing. I also worked into... The homelessness out there, the homeless shelter in Fresno, I put up one of their buildings. He sees it from, how is this going to affect business owners? I mean, I did a job, a lot of figures, and I've seen millions of dollars wasted just for five years. Just a band-aid. But he's also a veteran. He's a ex-Marine. And then we have Adela. I'm an elderly citizen. We're on... Uh, limited incomes, our food, the cost of food. Oh my gosh, it, it's so getting so expensive. When I go to the store and I look at the prices, I'm like, oh my gosh. The mother also worked 
in the fields for a while, but then she she started working in the school district. So she worked with students and her approach to voting. Actually, she said that it's it's more faith based. I believe in God. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if a candidate is is portraying something good for people, I'll vote for that person. Scott, I want to bring you into this conversation now. You know, you've been covering the recall, uh, you and and your colleagues at KQED's uh, politics and government desk, talking to voters, just getting a sense of what what could happen tomorrow or, or this week as the recall results come in. How important are voters like the Avila family um, if if the Yes campaign wants to to win and remove Governor Newsom from office? Latinos represent about 27% of the electorate in California, and that's been growing steadily for the past 20 years. Scott Schaefer is the senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk. Um, They're not a monolith, of course, and there are very different uh, points of view within the Latino community depending on where you live, your education, your age. Early polling suggested that Latinos were, more than some other groups, open to the idea of recalling Gavin Newsom. Uh, And so both sides uh, saw Latino community voters as really critical to the outcome of the recall because they were persuadable, um, at least according to that early polling. So when you add the idea that they're open to hearing arguments on both sides, to the fact that they represent nearly a third of the electorate, you know, a family like the Avilas in particular, because they are Republican, is very important to the yes on the recall folks, because obviously they need every every vote they can get. It's not going to be easy to get to 50% plus one, and it's hard to imagine getting there unless you have, you know, at least a reasonably large percentage of the Latino community. And by that, I mean even 20%. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, the Avilas are Republican, but I also know that most Latino voters have, have voted for Democrats in California in the last you know couple decades or so. Um, so what does that look like and, and how has that been trending these last couple of years in California? I think anytime you talk about Latino voters in California, you have to talk about before 1994 and after 1994. That's the year that Proposition 187 was on the ballot. It was the year that Pete Wilson, the Republican governor, was running for re-election. And there were some infamous ads that were run uh, on the Yes on 187 campaign. It was very uh, anti-immigrant. It targeted uh, people here uh, without documentation, saying that they were not eligible for health care and education and all kinds of public services. Most of that got struck down by the courts, but it awakened a community uh, that had been, uh, you know, in many ways, not politically active. And so a lot of the people who are now leaders in the Latino community, people like Senator Alex Padilla or Lorena Gonzalez, the uh, very powerful assemblywoman from San Diego, a lot of them got involved in politics uh, because of 187. And so You know, we've just seen this trend now where Latino voters generally uh, are overwhelmingly Democratic, Um, but at the same time, they are not always regular voters. And so part of the challenge for both sides here is to uh, both convince Latino voters to their side, but also to get them to cast those ballots. 
you know, when you talk about appealing to Latino voters, it really varies. I mean, in, in the Central Valley, concerns about water are really very prominent because a lot of folks work in the ag industry there. And if there is no water, there are no crops, there is no work. Um, and so criticism of Gavin Newsom uh, over, say, envi- pro-environment policies could have some resonance with Latino voters. It really, really does depend on where you are in California. And and speaking of messaging, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that as it relates to the recall. And, and Maria, I'd like to go back to the Avila family here. Um, tell me about you know what happened when you showed them the the yes campaigns ads to remove Governor Newsom. Uh, how did they react? They were in favor of the messaging. Un aumento de sueldo para sí mismo. No nos sentimos seguros. El crimen está aumentando. Newsom fracasó. They actually agreed with a lot of what they said. Newsom no merece nuestro voto. Obed and Adela, they said they are going to vote yes for the recall. Uh, he hurt a lot of businesses. I saw him being a hypocrite, doing not doing what he was saying to, we're supposed to do and him not do it. That was seen too many times. Closed out a lot of restaurants and a lot of these poor self-employed people that are destroyed over his policies. I'm closing things down and other places can stay open. They just don't like Gavin Newsom. They don't like his policies. They don't like the decisions he's made. They, they see him as someone that is not in touch with the community, that he, he does whatever he wants. But Debbie, she actually said that she's going to vote no because she actually feels that the way Gavin Newsom handled the COVID situation actually saved lives. I would agree to disagree with my brother. I do feel terrible for um, businesses that had to close as a result. Um, But during the time, in my opinion, the numbers spoke for themselves as far as the cases went down. And so um, as difficult as the decision was, I think it needed to happen. For her, she sees it more like, he had to do what he had to do. I don't like Newsom. Like, I can't stand him. And I haven't liked him since he was the mayor of um, San Francisco. But I do think that the decisions that he made were to keep us safe. Maria, even just within this one family, the, the Avila family, what did you take away from talking with the family when you think about this recall election? What I took away is that they care deeply about the state, their community, but they also have a lot of mistrust of government. It's something that they they mentioned several times, and when we asked them if they already cast their vote, they're like, no, we're not mailing it in because we don't know where it's gonna go. I don't trust mailing it in, I go in person. Yep. Okay, so you're gonna go uh, on the 14th, or are you gonna go to uh, a polling center before the 14th to cast your ballot. Go to the polling center on the day. Yeah, I usually go day of. I typically do day of, but I just dropped it off this time. Coming up, we meet a family from Oakland voting no on the recall.
Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. So, Maria, you've spoken with some of the many Latino voters across California about this recall. You've gotten some sense of reactions to Spanish language messaging in this campaign. Earlier, we heard about the Avilas. I also understand you talked with another family, uh, this time in Spanish, who lives here in the Bay Area. What can you tell me about them? The second family that we identified for the focus groups they live in Oakland, in the East Bay, and they are the Diaz family. We spoke to Itzel Diaz. She is the Interim Director of Development and Communications for the Unity Council. Independientemente de partidos políticos, el ser republicano o el ser demócrata, de, de, demócrata no, no significa que, que tú estás apoyando a una, a una comunidad en específico. O sea, se trata de, de tus acciones. We spoke to her mom, Maria de Jesus Diaz. She is an independent contractor. And her dad, who is Porfirio Diaz, who's also an independent contractor. No le den ese derecho, el derecho de ustedes, no se lo regalen a alguien más. Que otras personas empiecen a decidir porque a uno le dio flojera porque uno no quiso. So. And what are their political affiliations? Itzel. She identifies as independent, and Porfirio and Maria de Jesus, her parents, they identify as Democrat. They actually emigrated from Mexico, from, they are from Guadalajara, from Jalisco. And so they bring the perspective of the immigrant experience here. And I think they've been here in the country for about 20 years, and just recently they became U.S. citizens before the presidential elections, so it was for 2020. So they actually, their first time voting was for the 2020 presidential elections. 
And and what motivates them as voters? Uh, uh, what's important to them, including in this recall election? Well, Itzel, because of the work that she does at the Unity Council and nonprofit, she works directly with the community, with families, with youth, providing services. Her parents, especially the dad, Porfirio, he's always been very politically active when he was in Mexico. He said that he never missed any elections when he was in Mexico. He always, hmm. he always made sure that he was always well informed and he's brought that same approach here living in the United States. Siempre, o sea, para mí, creo que es uno de los derechos cívicos más importantes. No, no nada más lo debemos de exigir, lo, debe, lo debemos de defender también. And how did Itzel, Marietti, Jesus, and Porfirio respond to the ads from the Yes campaign? What stood out to them? One of the things that stood out to them was uh, the lack of Latino representation within the spots, meaning hmm. the actor portrayals in the spots didn't include Afro-Latinos, didn't include members of the LGBTQI community. The people that were included in these spots were more of a lighter skin or it, 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 they said that it hmm. felt that they were targeting a certain segment of the Latino population. Yo, yo lo sentí así como, como una serie de checkboxes, así como que, oh, necesitamos una pareja, necesitamos niños, necesitamos uh, personas jóvenes, y necesitamos bonitos. They also expressed frustration at misinformation about COVID in, mm -hmm. in the Republican spots. They worried that people watching those spots are going to believe it. Y basado en eso, ¿cuántas leyes no han cambiado? Basados en puras mentiras, en cosas irreales. No, pues si lo ves de esa manera es efectivo. En crear dudas no, no. es muy efectivo. Es peligroso, o sea, voy de acuerdo, la gente que lo, como lo dice, o sea, la gente que se pone a pensar un poquito, lógicamente lo desecho, lo apago, no lo ve, ¿verdad? Pero desafortunadamente está teniendo un efecto en mucha gente. They are against the recall, all three of them. They, they also said that they didn't hear any proposals from the candidates or in the spots, you know, what are they going to do? But also one thing that they did highlight is they did not like the negative tone of the spots. Mm. They live in, in East Oakland. They live in a high-risk area. Porfirio, for example, he actually praises Governor Newsom for all the work that he did in the community because he says he feels that the governor actually did make a very concerted effort in providing access to to testing, to vaccine sites. Creo que han hecho un muy buen trabajo. El gobernador siempre se enfocó con la población más vulnerable, que fueron lo, la, las personas de color y, y los hispanos. Y nosotros vimos aquí. So the Diaz family, they are all voting no on the recall. And it doesn't seem like the yes ads are changing their minds. They support Governor Newsom's approach to COVID. Does that mean that the ads you showed them in support of the governor, does it mean that those ads, you know, got them energized? 
Actually, no. And, and this is the interesting thing. Tenemos que detenerlos. Diga no al intento de destitución republicano. Es una toma de poder peligrosa para nuestra comunidad. Itzel, she said, you know, instead of attacking the people that are attacking him, he should have taken the high road. She even mentioned the quote of Michelle Obama, you know, if they go low, you know, we go high, but, you know, they went lower. Siento que ignoraron a Michelle Obama and decir, don't, if they go low, don't go lower. Es como que dijeron, oh, they went low, pues let's go lower. <laughs> como que and just, dio. she felt that he could have turned it around and made it, hey, you know, I did this. We got, you know, health insurance for, you know, undocumented elderly people and stimulus checks for undocumented. And so um, she was very disappointed. They were very disappointed with, with the governor's ads. Scott, I want to bring you back into the conversation here. I'm curious if you have any reactions to some of what Mitzel has said about the Newsom campaign's approach. Well, a couple things. Um, I think you could boil down the messages of the two sides to sort of blame versus fear. The pro-recall folks are blaming Newsom for all the problems in California, everything from the cost of housing and homelessness to schools and businesses having been closed during the pandemic to the drought and wildfires. They've pretty much thrown the kitchen sink at him uh, to blame him for everything. I have my doubts about whether or not the Republican message for the recall in its simplicity will fully appeal to Latinos. One of the people I spoke to uh, was Manuel Pastor. He's the director of the Equity Research Institute at USC. He said, you know, Latino voters are too smart to think that both Newsom is to blame for shutting down the schools and not reopening them, but also to blame for allowing COVID to spread out of control because he closed the schools to try to protect people. <laughs> and uh, and in fact, when the schools reopened, who was it that were the slowest to come back to in-person learning? Latinos and African-Americans. A lot of Latinos are over-concentrated in essential high-risk work where they were more likely to catch COVID, often living in overcrowded housing where if they caught COVID, it would spread in an intergenerational fashion. And they were really worried about sending their kids back. It's no surprise to me that Republicans who uh, have a base which doesn't have a whole lot of Latinos in it would actually be out of touch with the actual concerns of Latino voters. But then on the other hand, you've got the fear message coming from the no on the recall, uh, Gavin Newsom and others saying that, look, you may not think I'm the best governor, but I'm the devil you know. Uh, and this other guy, Larry Elder, who is far and away the most uh, likely person to replace Gavin Newsom, look at him, look at what he has said about women, about immigrants, and look at the people who started this recall. They have roots with uh, Trump. They're close to Trump. Uh, they have uh, said things about microchipping uh, immigrants, you know, to keep track of them like animals. Uh, and so that 
has been the early message from the Newsom campaign to really uh, frighten people into paying attention. And, you know, I think, you know, fear is a powerful thing. You know, fear uh, motivates people. It gets people to pay attention. You know, if you think about all the progress you've made and now, wow, you know, this could all go down the drain. If this recall passes, we have to mobilize. We have to pay attention. We have to do something. We have to vote no. Um, so, you know, negative campaigning, a lot of voters, well, most voters, Republican, Democrat, Independent, they'll tell you they don't like negative campaigning. But why does it get used? Because it works. Scott, what about people who don't vote at all? We've been talking about the Avila family, the Diaz family, voting mostly yes and no on the recall, respectively. But there are so many people who, for many different reasons, don't vote at all. How important are, in this case, Latino voters who don't vote in the recall? It's, it seems obvious, but uh, elections are all about who votes, who's most motivated to vote, who bothers to vote, who's uh, most mobilized. That's why some of the early polls showed that the most likely voters were skewing Republican because they were more engaged than Democrats. Now that gap of enthusiasm has closed. Democrats are roughly the same as terms and as Republicans in terms of their likelihood in voting. However, there's a firm that tracks ballots that have been re returned uh, on a daily basis. And, you know, 22 million ballots went out to California voters uh, a few weeks ago. And so they've been coming back. And in fact, the turnout is you know, over a third now of those ballots have been returned. And we don't know, of course, how those people voted, but we know who they are. We know how many are Democrats, how many are Republicans, how many are Latino, what their ages are, and so on. That's all from public information. And what it's showing is that Democrats overall are returning their ballots at a higher percentage than Republicans are, at least in the early voting. That'll change because a lot of Republicans vote in person on election day. Um, but let Latino voters have been relatively slow to return their ballots. They're about 27% of the electorate, but only about, I think, 17 or 19% of the ballots that have been returned. And so there is this concern that a ballot that came in the mail three weeks ago has been sitting on a, on a coffee table with uh, other mail piling up on top of it. Right. And it's easy to just forget to vote or just, you know, it's not a priority. And so that's what I think both campaigns, but especially the no on the recall campaign is focused on right now is to try to get those. It doesn't matter if you oppose the recall and don't vote. That doesn't help Gavin Newsom. Yeah. And, and to be clear, those numbers are lower they could be lower because more Latinos will vote in person, or it could mean that that people just don't send in their, send in their ballots. We don't know. Either way, that you know, if you're a, a Democrat, you want Governor Newsom to win. You'd like want a higher turnout. Yeah, and and you know, I would say also that younger voters have also been very slow to turn their ballots in 18 to 34 year old voters, and a lot of those are Latinos. So there's obviously a crossover there. Um, and, and, and I will say that, you know, voters of color, occasional voters, people who don't vote reliably every single election, which is what older voters, whiter voters, more educated voters, wealthier voters tend to do. Uh, so it's not entirely unusual for, uh, Latino voters to vote relatively late compared to others, other parts of the electorate. Um, but you know, time is running out. And so, uh, that's why the campaigns now are focused on getting out the vote. Maria, I have one last question um, for you. Uh, you, know, you spent uh, a lot of time with these two families, uh, the Avilas and the, the Diazes. Uh, Avilas in, in Modesto, who, who 
for the most part, support the recall, the Diaz family, who's in Oakland and against it. Was there anything that the two families had in common that you were struck by? That they're committed to the Latino community and they want the best representation for their community. I mean, their lenses are different, but they both express frustration at seeing the attacks from both sides and not seeing any solutions presented in the ads that they saw. They also like that the politicians made an effort to come to them and speak to them in their language, but they would like to see the politicians make more efforts, the community and town halls, to, to gauge what the community's concerns are and just, you know, talk to the, the people that they're representing. Cuando son eh, eh, años electorales, el, todos los candidatos hasta salen debajo de la piedra, right? Y van a las taquerías y van con la gente latina y todo. Pero cuando ya no es un año electoral, maybe they sent a representative and say, hey, one of my representatives is going to be at the local donut shop in South Modesto. They may not be able to. Um, you know, do anything about whatever it is, but at least that person or would feel validated and, and, and feel heard. Maria, Scott, thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, tomorrow is the last day to vote in the recall election. If you haven't yet, you can still mail in your ballot or vote in person. For more info, visit kqed.org recall. Maria Pena is a producer for KQED in Espanol. Scott Schaefer is a senior editor of KQED's Politics and Government Desk. He and Marisa Lagos will also be hosting a live radio special tomorrow night on the recall from 9 to 11 p.m. You can listen to that at 88.5 FM or online at kqed.org. This episode was cut and produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and Christopher Beal. I added today's music and the tape. Special thanks as well to Lena Blanco, who also conducted the two focus groups that you heard. I'm Alan Montesilio. Thanks for listening to The Bay, and I guess I'll see you on the other side of this recall. Whatever happens Tuesday night, we'll be back with a new episode on Wednesday morning about what went down. We'll talk to you later. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California, the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.